1: Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Wizards podcast. Ben standing here, and I'll be honest, when the day started, I wasn't quite sure what the tone of this podcast was going to be like. We we found out that John Wall, uh, while he didn't suffer any significant injury with that shoulder he hurt in, Friday, in uh, Friday's loss against Cleveland, that he was not going to play in Sunday's game at Toronto. Not to say that the Wizards couldn't win without him, but... Obviously, you take off, you know, one, one of your best players against a team that has an all-star level point guard in particular, and you think, well, this might not be the Wizards' day, plus factor in the Wizards have been historically not so hot in Toronto. Well, guess what happened? The Wizards controlled this game pretty much throughout. They had uh, big leads in the first half. They they did let most of a double-digit lead evaporate, but, but they held on in the fourth quarter Thanks in large part to another spectacular performance from Bradley Beal. 38 points after he had 40 and 36 in his previous two games. He is just on fire. We'll get into that and a couple other thoughts on this game, how the Wizards did fare without John Wall and so on. In addition to that, talking about this game and uh, some other Wizardy things, uh, I spoke with ex Wizard Jared Dudley this past week when. The Phoenix Suns were in town. I'm going to play that for you guys as well. Jared Dudley thoughts. his, I uh, guess he called his inside take on the Eric Bledsoe situation and also his thoughts on Otto Porter's growth. He obviously was with the Wizards for uh, for one year and Otto Porter was still developing and he has turned, uh, obviously Otto Porter, who also had a big game today, has turned his uh, game up another notch this year. So we'll get into all that here in just a second um on the Locked on Wizards podcast. You can, of course, find all of uh, our episodes on iTunes or pretty much anywhere else to do your podcasting. Subscribe, therefore you won't miss anything. If you got any questions, thoughts, comments, hit me up on Twitter at BenStandig or shoot me an email, bstandig1 at com. And the Wizards win. The Wizards win. You know, look, it's not like the Wizards can't win. Without uh, without John Wall, I mean that that that's never that's not the case. But obviously, just as in a general sense, you take out one of your starters, not just a starter, but a four time All Star, and it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Uh, though, and you're going like I said, you're going up against a team that's got you know, I think I would say that the Wizards have the better backcourt between them and Toronto. But when we ha- when we have that type of conversation, if we have one let's just say, put the Golden State combination at the top. You know, the Toronto backcourt is in the discussion. Toronto finished ahead of the Wizards last year in the Eastern Conference, largely because of Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. And yet, ultimately, that didn't matter, in part because the Wizards got off to a great start, even though Tim Frazier, John Wall's replacement, got in some early foul trouble. But Beal was on fire. Thomas Sadoransky came in, gave them some good energy, I uh, really like the passing out of Martin Gortat uh, in, in the middle. He just always does all the the, the the dirty work. And, of course, Otto Porter making shots all over the place as well. He had 19 points. Um, but the thing about it is Kyle Lauer got himself ejected in the second quarter. A bit too much yapping with the refs. And that essentially negated that aspect of the game. And... You know the the Wizards are doing pretty well. Uh, when, when, I've always thought to, the Wizards had a better front court over the years than Toronto, and I think that proved again tonight. Otto Porter, nineteen points. Martin Gortat, eleven and twelve. Marquise Moore, still not all the way back, but he had uh, ten. He had ten points. Uh, Kelly Oubre off the bench, ten and five for the Wizards. But let's get to a couple specific points here about this. Game first and foremost, Bradley Beal. Holy, uh, I don't know what what else can you say. Holy hell, really? At this point, how well he is he is playing. You know, I I'm not. You guys have heard me talk about this now here on the podcast for over a year and change. I mean, I'm not at all stunned that Bradley Beal is turning into an all star. I mean, I've been calling this for some time. Uh, You know, you guys heard me uh, when I had uh, my pal Armand Leon. This podcast a couple times, and we he, he he admitted that he and I have gotten into big debates about Bradley Beal earlier in Beal's career, and I was advocating that that, that Bradley Beal had the goods to um, had the goods to be an all star level player, but it really is going up another level even this year. I mean, he's he, his ability to get to to create his own shot. He hit one shot. It was the late second quarter. I think even Carol Lawson on the broadcast was just ecstatic over it. He's sort of uh, above the free throw line. He's got Fred Van VanVleet sort of in his, uh, you know, in his pocket trying to get the ball from him. Serge Ibaka comes over to uh, to try to stop him, and, and, and Beale is twisting, he's turning, he's faking, and he gets off a nice turnaround uh, or fadeaway from that spot and sinks it. He's just, you know, it's a, he's not just a catch and shoot guy uh, anymore. And, and he really hasn't been for the last year and change in particular. I, I, you know what? Frankly, Beal really has never been just that guy. He's always had some type of, you know, handle. You know, we forget when John Wall busted his hand in that Atlanta series uh, in the playoffs a few years ago, Bradley Beal is the one who largely took over, you know, a, a, as a point guard. So he's had that in his game, but now he's just taking it out he's, He's just completely weaponized, uh, completely weaponized it. And the thing about it with Beal, like a lot of guys have the ability to do the things that he does. But it's not just the physical, it's also the mental. He has such a good feel for when to attack, when to pull up. And even though he's on a rhythm, I mean, he finished, what, 16 for 26 from the field. Uh, you know, he, he's he's making all these shots, but he still doesn't... He's aggressive without without forcing, and that is a line that is that is pretty, for some guys, I think it's a tough one, and for some players, I don't know if they ever truly resolve that line for them, where they think it's, I've got to get up the shots, either because I'm hot, or I'm the best player on the team, or whatever it is, um, I mean, Bradley Veal, look, let's be clear, Bradley Veal took 26 shots, nobody else on the team took more than 13, so he definitely got his... But he was also, I just, just saying it felt like he was also deliberate. Uh, he wasn't, like I said, he wasn't trying to force too much. There were times where he's leading the break, and, and you could tell he was looking to set up teammates or at least explore that option without thinking, I've got to get a, I've got to get this uh, shot up. A, 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 a truly spectacular performance. And just to sort of point to, to how well he has played in the last three games, so that's the two losses at home and this win. He's averaging, averaging thirty-eight points a game, five rebounds, three assists, shooting fifty-four and a half percent from the field, forty-one point two percent from three. You know, and uh, you look again. Stats are not all. Or stats are not the end all, be all for everything. But when you, but obviously those numbers are impressive. But like I said, when you watch his game flow, you know, and, and I think also, obviously the Wizards are a better team when you have their best players on the court so you know John having John Wall is going to be more positive than negative more often than not um but one thing I you know seem to notice with with, with Beal and I'm going to be curious to see when when the numbers come up on nba.com with regards to sort of the passing and things like that it just felt like the Wizards were a little more um Looking for each other, a little better ball movement. They only had 19 assists and 17 turnovers, hardly a great ratio. But it, you know, it. I, you've heard me say this. I just said it Friday night. Teams take on the personality, the dominant figure. In this case, it was Beal, and it just felt like the team played maybe a little headier than than, than uh, that they have at some other times. Uh, but look, also we can't dismiss the fact that their backs were up against you know against the wall, relatively speaking. You know, nine games into the season. You know, clearly, can't hadn't couldn't be feeling too good about themselves after the back-to-back losses at home, and uh, good win for the Wizards without question. Uh, you know, and, and if anybody says to you, "Hey, Bradley Beale's going to make the All-Star team," well, yeah, of course, because the East lost so many players. No, 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 no. Br- Br- Bradley Beal was going to the Eastern Conference or to the to the All-Star game this year. I guess I can't say East or West because. With the format of the All Star game, we don't know we don't know who's playing for who, but in any event, Bradley Beal will be going to that All Star game unless something crazy happens. And at this point, it is a well deserved. Uh, we'll be back on the Locked On Wizards podcast right after this message. Now, in the backcourt, this time he had with him Tim Frazier and Thomas Saturanski. Now. You know, neither of these guys are making making people forget about John Wall. But, you know, again, let's just look at the numbers really quick here. Tim Frazier picked up two quick fouls earlier early in the game. And, um, you know, that, that put the Wizards even more into more of a bind with that wall. But he comes back in. He plays 31 minutes, finishes with eight assists and zero turnovers. You know, there, there's things about about Frazier's game that are not totally appealing. Um, our, our friend Todd Dibas Often mentions his defensive concerns. His three-point shot is not all there, but what Tim Frazier can do is set people up, put, get the ball to the right person. He did that. He did that uh, nicely today, uh, for the most part. So you know, his performance going forward is key. Obviously, we, we you know we spent so much time last year talking about the lack of a backup point guard. Tim Frazier, I wouldn't say that anybody's thinking after nine games that the problem is solved, but his performances like this. Uh, and look, also, he played with the first unit. I've said before that I think uh, Marky Moores is sort of the toughest guy to replace among the starters uh, just simply because of, of on this particular roster that they just don't have... Anybody who can really kind of do what he can do now, Tim Frazier can't do a lot of things John Wall can do. He can't run. He can't push. The, can't push the pace, um, the way uh, the way Wall can. Um, you know, he doesn't have his athletic ability, but he can run the offense. And I think at a base level, that is important. By the way, speaking of uh, what, you know things he John Wall can or can't do, the Wizards had 17 fast break points tonight, according to the box score against Cleveland. They had zero. That didn't almost seem right. It felt like there were a lot more. It just in that first quarter alone, it felt like there were some fast break chances. Nonetheless, uh, the Wizards, with Wall, they just did that here today. With without without him, um, they get 17. Toronto had 12. And it wasn't that's not just a Frazier stat. That's a Bradley Beal stat. That's an Otto Porter stat. Otto Porter uh, had a play where he grabbed the rebound on one end of the court, dribbled the entire length of the court, and hit a hit a banked in a uh, a runner um, on the same play. That's the type of thing you didn't see out of Otto Porter historically. But again, a good sign for him, you know, similar to the game against Golden State, when, when John, when Bradley Beal gets ejected, there was an opportunity for, uh, for somebody else to step up. Otto Porter did. And, you know, I think was arguably the best player on that on that court for either team that game. And, uh, you know, he wasn't the best player in the Wizards tonight because of Beal, but he definitely had some big moments. And, you know, look, guys, sometimes I feel redundant, to be honest with you, on the podcast, talking about these same guys over and over again. There's only so many players, right? <laughs> Unless I'm doing an interview with somebody where we can go into specific topics. There's only so many players in a given game, and the best players on uh, in, on an NBA team are the ones who typically take the most shots and are most involved. Good for the Wizards, because they're two, they're, they're two top guys today. Bradley Beal and Otto Porter more than did uh, <clears throat> did their job. Now, you know, look, not everything was was, was perfect. The Wizards did let a um, they had a 19 point lead, got it all the way down to three in the fourth quarter. It kind of felt like deja vu all over again because of you know, how things have gone in, in pretty much almost every game this year, where they've where they've basically blown a double digit lead uh, more often than not. But this time they held on. Uh, Fred Van Fleet, boy, that guy was a pest. He, Kyle Lowry leaves, Van Fleet comes in, and he was just, for the second half, uh, parts of the second half, it felt like he was going to bring Toronto back all by himself. He had 14 points, oh, sorry, he had 10 points off the bench. Jamar Derozan at 26 for Toronto, Norman Powell, uh, 19. Um, so, you know, look, the NBA, Buckhans made this comment during the game. Every team makes a run. Totally fair, totally correct. Uh, the questions when they make that run: Do you have enough, uh, you know, fortitude, what have you, to push them back? They didn't against Phoenix. They didn't against the Lakers. They did at Toronto because obviously that makes sense. Uh, w- w- they were able to hold off Toronto, and and that was a big deal. So look, um, you know, straightforward. Win is a win. Is a win is a win. And the Wizards, you know they needed this one definitely never going to say it's a must win nine games into the season. Let's not go be stupid, but you know, like I said, you would have, they would have lost five of six at that point, three in a row. Uh, you know, get moving and, uh, you know, good spot for the wizards that they did that because now on Tuesday, they're playing the one win Dallas Mavericks at home. Uh, you know, I, I never discount a Rick Carlisle team. But nonetheless, they're not playing that well at the moment, and the Wizards are. But then after that, the Wizards, it's the start of a four-game homestand. The Lakers, so the little bit of revenge action there. The Atlanta Hawks. And another team they've already faced, the Sacramento Kings. The Wizards will be big favorites in each of those games. You win these four games, and all of a sudden you're up to 9-4 and four, uh, before a, a home-and-home with the Miami Heat. So, you know, you've got to take advantage... Of winnable opportunities is that is that simple and you know if the wizards can uh, beat beat down da- you know, beat Dallas and and you know, if they know they can sweep that road that home state which is not impossible based on the opponents uh, if they do that you know that, that that goes a long way towards okay fine you wish you had that Phoenix or Lakers game but you know if you win every game at home on this trip. You know that makes up for it on some level in the big picture. So good good stretch up coming here for the Wizards. We'll talk more about what to, what to think about this sort of really uh, slow-starting Dallas Mavericks team and a bunch more about the Wizards here on the Locked On Podcast. But before we get to our interview with Jared Dudley, here is a quick word from our sponsors. All right, so... Uh, I had a chance to uh, to talk to Jared Dudley. Walked in the in the Phoenix locker room the other day. Jared Dudley is wa- uh, sort of hanging out in the hall that way it, within there. He said, "Hey, how's it going?" I'm like, "Great." Immediately we started talking. I was like, "Hey, you got a quick second? Might if I turn this recorder on?" He said, "Cool." And you don't have to do much to prod Jared Dudley to talking. So we got to a bunch of different topics. He gave us a little bit of a skinny on what's going on with with Phoenix. Um, oh, eh, b- b- by the way, I should mention. Well, Actually, I'll come back to this later. I had a thought about Cleveland, but I'll come back to this in a second. Let me not uh, interrupt my train of thought. Anyway, uh, so Jared Dudley, I asked him about the Eric Bledsoe situation. He had some thoughts there, along with his former team, what they've been up to. So here is former Wizard and NBA fantastic talker, Mr. Jared Dudley. I obviously, I uh, just wanted to touch base. Uh, it's super duper earlier in the year for you, but yeah. how's it going?
0: Doing good. Come come back off surgery, rehab, Foot 100% healthy, which kind of when I was here, I was like with my back. So everything's perfect. So I'm just trying to get back in playing shape, doing stuff right here, right now. It's been a little difficult because we've been having so many different games. So we haven't had a lot of practice times, but long season. So for me, just pacing myself. Hopefully by, you know, end of November, beginning of December, I'll be 100% Way to go play NBA style. Um, yeah, no, I noticed the vibe in looking up this game. I noticed you didn't play in the last game, and I'm uh, not quite sure what was going on. Well, but, yeah. no, because no, I mean, mostly that, I came back early because after our coach getting fired and Bledsoe's tweet, I thought it'd be good just for leadership-wise me to be out there, even yeah. though sure. not not you know, at 100% of playing-wise, but health-wise it's 100%. So for me, I played the first game, but mostly my minutes will be sporadic, at different times. Uh, a lot of DNP probably for the next couple of weeks, yeah, and then and after then that, they'll slowly, slowly work me in. What's going on, brother? Everything good? Yeah. yeah uh, I right. mentioned the firing.
1: Yeah. What you've been through the NBA for? What was right. that whole twenty-four hours like? It was crazy, just I mean,
0: we we were playing, you yeah, know, speed. kind of the worst basketball that I've seen. In the NBA for a while, just getting beat by, giving up, giving giving up 130 a game, teams outscoring us, losing by 50, and I just think that there, there's no progress being made, and um, them wanting to go in a different direction. Then Bledsoe. You know, voicing his concerns of trying to, you know, just trying to be on a, yeah. a winning team. Which, hey, I, I've been there before. I've, I've wanted, it, I've wanted that in my prime he years. Great? I think he's, I think he's handled it the wrong way. But you know, at the end of the result is, you know, hopefully he gets what he wants because he, he was, he was a good player for us. He was, he wasn't a poison. He wasn't cancerous at all. He was a good teammate he was here. I think just him doing that one little tweet kind of, you know, kind of rub people the wrong way. But he wasn't that type of guy at all. I mean.
1: So I follow you guys on Twitter yeah. for moments like this, or who knows what somebody say. Or, or, or how do you find out about this moment? Somebody say, I saw oh a tweet. God. I saw a tweet. And then I called him. We'll like so yeah, he,
0: he, he did tell me he had a hair, you know, the hair salon thing too, but overall that, you know, he he, he did want to get moved anyway. So I think just with Bled, I think overall he's a good guy, a good player. And you're just hoping that for the best of them. and hoping that, you know, and we've been playing well. We've won three out of four guys. We should have beat Portland, should be 4-0 no for that, but hopefully we can just keep playing the type of basketball we're, we're doing right now.
1: So I'm sure we have to ask you this many times before, but regards to yeah. the other team, you're here, Otto Porter still figuring some things out. And you're one yes. of the best. You say, hey, don't worry, he'll, he'll be good. Yes. And, and I I believe, but, you know, it's still until you see it. Well, right. he's definitely picked us up now last year, but he's even been better this yeah. year. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's always been like that. He's been a, he's been a worker. He, he's someone that's underrated, the radar, and he fits this culture and team because he doesn't need the ball in his hand. He's like, Brian John Doe. He can. His shooting's improved. He's probably your best defender. Him and Kelly Uber in the wing. Now a small ball playing the four. He's like like a Swiss Army knife, and he's someone that's going always going to get better because you're playing with someone like John. He's a good player anyway. With John, just getting everyone easy uh, easy buckets. But no, Otto. I think you're seeing more because Keith's down the lineup. He's playing more minutes, playing more at the four, and he has a huge advantage there. I don't
1: know if you can tell watching on video, but he just seems confident. I saw that even
0: versus the Warriors three. He's not even hesitating. He's not even thinking and. I mean, I would like that a little bit when I was here. Just overall, like, you get such good quality shots. You don't have to force on this team um, when, you, when you when you start. So I, I could see his confidence. And, and let's be honest, when you sign a max contract, I mean, you got no more worries left in life. So I, I think for him it's just everything's coming full circle. But some guys can go the other way. True. Either, either get, get maybe lazy or put too much pressure on themselves. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, he's just – I mean, you, you see that with guys, but not with someone like Otto, who, who's a worker, a quiet guy, loves basketball, who put, who puts the work in. Usually those guys are, are, are content, but he's still young. I mean, he's got, I mean, I don't know, he came, I think he did one year with he, 26, 25? I think he's 24. 24. I mean, so those guys like that, I had that when I saw Giannis, him putting his work in to see where they're at. you seemed that like John is in the next step in his career. And, and when I was here, one of our huge choices was his health. I mean, I mean, if Brad plays half the games we're in the playoffs. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, they've been forced now, the last couple of years of, of having good health.
1: And just lastly, I was trying to think of some NBA topics to, mm-hmm. to get your take on. And rather than me come up with an artificial one, what's on your brain? You, uh, You're a guy that thinks the about NBA the
0: league. Topics, I think overall, I think the league is doing good. We're they're in a good spot right now. I think the uh, moving the schedule up for a week, less back to backs has helped right. people. Um, right. I, I think that overall, I'm trying to think what else is going on here uh, for player wise. I mean, we're in, a good, we're, in a, we're in a good spot right now. No, You know, the protests, I think we, when it comes to our league, compared to football, our commissioner and our players are on the same page. We're on that. So there's no negatives right now in basketball. The, the uh,
1: you've, you've been here, I think, to some degree through the evolution of the sort of super teams. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's always an interesting topic, especially with Golden State. Yeah. Durant having joined them and all that stuff. What, what's your sense of that evolution where guys are maybe, you know, putting themselves into that yeah, situation.
0: Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it because you have, you, have, you have good upcoming teams and you don't know how long it's going to last and, and and how the CBA works. It, it can't last that long. I mean, people are talking about LeBron leaving. The Warriors will have two or three more years and then they'll lose a couple guys and then it'll all, it even out. But overall, I mean, I mean, people are watching. It'd be different if ratings and everything were low, then, that, then we'd be concerned and then we might have to change rules. But business is good, so we're good.
1: Awesome. i Appreciate it, Thanks. All right, so there you go, Jared Dudley. Interesting thoughts, uh, candid comments about Eric Bledsoe, how he handled the situation. Some praise, of course, for Otto Porter. You expect nothing less from Jared Dudley. All right, let me uh, let me get out of here. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening. I definitely appreciate the um, the time that you guys uh, commit to this podcast. Always uh, warms my heart to know that you guys care enough about somebody talking about the wizards uh definitely appreciate it all right well wizards back at it tuesday night more before that game uh here on the locked on wizards podcast ben standing signing off and until next time see
0: ya deal gets open for three Dagger. All drive, off found shot. Oh, Dagger! Uh-oh.